Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Amen. I want to start by just really thanking God and and truly, you know, allowing us to to not only be here another Friday night, but to just be here a, another year. 2022 is <clears throat> in the books and, you know, here we are in a brand new year and a believing God, I, I would say, in, in brand new ways, not necessarily a different way from our faith walk, but just having that open mind to trust him in more areas of our life. Because when it comes down to this whole faith walk of ours, this whole, can we trust God? The answer is always yes. Yes, we can trust him 100% without a doubt. It's just up to us to allow God to be God in those areas of our lives where he, for some reason, may not just be there just yet because of some oversight of us or because of some fear or some factor that we've allowed to, to creep in or set in to keep us from saying, God, I need you right here. We've needed him every other place in our life, so why not here too? <clears throat> and with that, I want to want to thank my mom for praying that beautiful prayer because for Bible study tonight, I I had a number of different things kind of running through my my head and my heart and in my spirit that I wanted to prepare for you guys tonight. But as I was looking at a few different topics, the Lord just kind of stopped me and just placed something on my heart to share with all of us tonight. And that being is simply about trusting him. Now, we've talked about it in depth before. and We've talked about it in a myriad of ways and other previous lessons that we may have had throughout the years now. But for this particular lesson, there is a very peculiar thing about trust that I just want to share with you guys tonight. And that particular thing is about when we trust God. Are we trusting him for the thing that we think we need or want? Or are we trusting him for the thing that he knows that we need? There is a big difference between the two. When you pray a prayer and you have faith and you, you believe that God can and will do said thing, there are two ways to go about that. There's the way where we, of course, make our petitions known, as the Bible says. We go forth to God. We, Father, this is the thing that I'm in need of. This is the thing that I may think that I want. This is something that kind of lines up with, um, with my dreams or my ambitions or some goals or, or maybe a vision that you've allowed me to kind of run with. And that's good. That's great. That's, that's how we're taught to pray. According to scripture, we, we make our petitions known unto the Lord. He even knows our needs before we even have a chance to pray them. That's what the Bible teaches us. But then there's the waiting game that we play, where in my own personal experience in this Christian journey of ours seems to be where the 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 testings or the trappings of life kind of get the, the stickiest or they become the most prevalent. We've talked about this before as well. But so you've made your prayer 
You've made your petitions known. You've talked to the Lord. You've spent time with it. You you may circle back to it every now and then. As we've learned when we pray a, a repetitious prayer, not the, the same words over and over again, but when we come to God about the same subject on more than one occasion, it isn't necessarily because we don't believe that God didn't hear us the first time. No, it's that when we pray a prayer repetitively, when we come back to God on that same subject, we found in our study and according to scripture that it's that kind of prayer which reaffirms the believer. It helps you draw strength from the source himself because you know God heard you before you even prayed the prayer. You know he heard you when you were in need before you could even form words or thoughts to help express this need that you have. He heard you in the utterances and the groanings that your portion of the Holy Spirit was crying out to him. He heard you when you were able to actually form those sentences. Or if you couldn't and all you could say was just, because mm, we've had those mm, kind of moments. We have them more often than we usually don't. But when we come to God and we keep coming to him about the same thing, that's that's for us to get the power. It's also to show God where our heart is. Father, this is really important to me. And it's not that I'm trying to, to test you, as the Bible says, but Father, I just need your guidance. I need your strength. I need your peace in this situation. I need you to just lord over me. In the way that only you can do, Father, I need you to guide me. I need you to guide my heart, most importantly. And when we get there, it's in this gray area that we've also discussed that we tend to see where our desires start to line up. Are they fully God like we would hope they would be? Or is it still some of us in there? And so this is what I mean when I say, are we praying and waiting on the things that we think we need? Or are we praying and waiting on the things that God knows that we need? Because there is a big difference. And I will give you a, a wonderful example. In 2020, uh, the, the height and start of the pandemic, pretty much, <clears throat> um, I was fully employed with Houston Independent School District. And in that time, I had already served a full year on duty. Now, this is right after spring break, pretty much. And when, when we get there, when we get back to, you know, to campus after spring, spring break, um, or it might have been before, I don't even know so long ago, but the point is, is that the pandemic started and that whole rest of the year, I none of none of us went into any of the campuses. Matter of fact, most people didn't go to their physical jobs anymore. We'd already transitioned online like we are right now. And that following year, before there was a, a vaccine or anything and people were doing ludicrous things like injecting themselves with horse vitamins or any other number of insane things that were being announced on the news, they had decided with the school district to go back to school. It did not work well because people were getting sick left and right. Well, before that happened, 
my boss had called me up to come to one of the main offices to, you know, discuss my next case because I was a caseworker. And I, I begin to feel a, a certain tug on my spirit that, you know, not only was this not the brightest idea, but maybe it was time to tender my resignation. Now, of course, at the time, I had no desire to do so because I really enjoyed my job. I enjoyed helping children. I enjoyed seeing the difference that could be made that God was using me to help them, you know, do. It was it was a beautiful thing. It was fulfilling. The money was cool. Let's just be honest about it. And it was just a great experience. But at the time, it just wasn't the, the logical thing to do. I prayed on it. I talked to, to my grandmother. I talked to a few of my boys. I, I talked to God and it came back a unanimous decision to just leave HISD. I left. I didn't know where the money was going to come from. I did not. But I knew that the same God who literally made a job for me would also provide a way. Now, in the meantime, after quitting, I had something lined up with the Houston Community College. It took a, about a full year to pan out. So this is one whole year of not working, not paying, not getting paid. Things were weird and rough and very wonky. But faith, we I think we all know the gospel song. Um. And I can't even think of the name of the song right now. It's, and it's my favorite one. But, you know, the songwriter says that I've had good days and I've had bad days and I've had hills to climb. <laughs> and I think we can all say amen to how good God is when it comes to climbing those hills. So as this span of a year is happening, you know, there are times where I'm extremely frustrated. There are times where I'm extremely cheerful and happy go lucky, not because I have the answers, but because I know that the one who is the answer is the same one who is still on my side. The same one whose name is still on that bloodstained banner that I proudly walk around with and proclaim the same one who despite how sick or how tired or how horrible I felt or the things that have gone on in family, whether it be loss or, or sickness or illness or some opportunity that may have seemed like it was passed up or it may have gotten missed, but that just wasn't the right opportunity yet. And I've had that happen too. But I thank you, Lord, because God is just who he is. He makes the impossible possible. He makes where you should be literally depressed and ready to call it quits. He will take that where you should be depressed, according to all human understanding. But with his good, godly spiritual counsel and his wisdom and his peace and his fervor and his joy, that joy that this world cannot give and it surely cannot take it from you will have you singing and praising and just any number of things to show him how thankful you are, because despite what's happened through it all, he's got you. He's going to keep having you. He's never going to stop having you because that's the kind of God we serve. It's, this, it's in these sorts of situations that I've found that your prayers begin to really change. 
you stop praying about the things you think you need and you begin to pray just scripture. The word works. Any any person in here who has walked with God for some amount of time can tell you that his word works. That is my mom who usually handles our prayers or or my grandmother who usually will pray us out in some profound manner of way because God has just blessed her and the the spark has flown all around this meeting for something so just transcendent to to come forth through through his vessel to where we begin to see you know maybe maybe I'm going about this the wrong way I've I've had so many conversations with with my with my brothers with different people who I love and know uh the the little ones who look up to me as an older brother and my my answer is always the same and all of our answers are always the same that God can and will do whatever it is that we need in our lives so when we get frustrated when we start to act different when as my my brother Broderick told me maybe earlier this week when we were talking about uh different job avenues and I was uh complaining a little bit how I've applied to so many things and nothing has come back yet and he said well I mean clearly God has given you the answer you just aren't looking at it properly and I'm like well yeah I've never been so mad at myself for being blind to just what's right in front of me but we do that we're human I keep telling all of us we're not perfect But the point of this whole matter is, is that whatever period of your life you're in, whatever up you're floating around in or whatever down, you feel like you're doing your best to just crawl to the next moment of that day. God has you. The trust that we place in him is not misplaced, brothers and sisters. We can try and place trust in one another. And while it's all honky dory for like a, a moment or two, we inevitably let each other down. It's not that we necessarily want to. It's just a, a figment of human nature. This human condition of ours is quite the conundrum that we exist in. But we thank God for Jesus that, as Paul alluded to in Romans chapter six, that this wretched person that we are, with this body full of affliction, which continuously seeks to do wrong against him, no matter how much we desire to do his will, to be instruments for him to use, to help teach and preach and disciple, to help get the word out, to help others see that you don't have to exist in this dreadful area, but that you can actually begin to live because life himself wants to be your God. He wants to be your friend. He does not want you to be a slave to the sin that just seems like it cannot let you go. But I have great news for you. The same God who wants to do all of this has already paid the price. All you have to do is accept the offer. We talk about this so often. How that since he's died for us, since he has paid the price, since he has already put your name in the Lamb's book of life. And when you accept his offer, that it's you're you're good. It's like he puts this little border around your name so that from that point forward, you're just 
you're you're good. You're you're golden. Yeah, we'll make mistakes. Yeah, we're going to just have times where we choose to go do something incredibly stupid that we have no business doing. But we thank God for grace and mercy, which covers the uh-ohs. We thank God for his compassion, which where we chose to go do something incredibly dumb that instead of punishing us all the time, he just says, you know what, just go have a seat. Clearly, you feel more bad about this than something I could quite honestly do that would be way worse than this. But I'm a, I'm a good father. I'm a good parent. And I, I, I want you to know that love doesn't always mean you need to get punished. That doesn't mean God will spare punishments. I'm, I'm not trying to teach you that. That would be completely wrong. But what I'm telling you is, is that we have a great God who is a great father. And the best friend I've ever known, because he gave his life for me before I even had a chance to get to know who he was. And that's the thing about this Christian journey. The thing about this trust and this faith that we're told that we can place inside of him. Well, it's one thing to be told you can do a thing and it's another thing to go try it out for yourself and then get the results that you've been hearing about. The, the Bible. Um, and I can't even think of the, the, the book right now, but one of you lovely people will kindly put it in the in the in the comments for me that. The the first chapter and I'm trying to think right now. And but I'm not going to worry about it, but that whole first chapter is about what faith is, that it's the, the substance of things hoped for, that it's the evidence of things that aren't even yet. And that when we have faith in God. That when we pray, we can call forth those things that we're in need of, that we may have a desire for, as though they're right there in front of us, like it's in my hand. And though it's not there yet, it's this prayer and trust in God, knowing that he is capable, able and will do the thing that provides something that nothing in this world. Thank you, Aunt Belva, Hebrews chapter 11. I love you. That. God provides something this world simply cannot, and that's called hope. Hope is when you are resting and waiting on a promise to be fulfilled because you know it's going to come to pass. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what next week brings. I don't know what the rest of this year will bring. But I'll tell you what I do know God can bring and what he will bring. He will bring you peace. He will bring you joy. He will bring you more of him if that's what you so desire. If you need wisdom, as the Bible says, ask God and watch how quickly he gives it to you. Wisdom, as we've come to define, is the process of using the knowledge that you've been giving in a responsible way. That's all wisdom is. Wisdom says that because I've spent time with God, because I have started to acquire an understanding, of how he operates. Also, thank you, Granny. I won't complain. I, I don't know why I couldn't think of it. But God gives you these things to where, regardless of what's going on, like like I said, we spent the time with him. We we understand how he be, how he works to a degree. To where, just like with a parent or a friend or a spouse or whoever it is in your life, you do things to help make that relationship more palpable. I know God does not like sin. I know that I'm going to mess up at some point, 
But what God is looking at is the stance of your heart. Does your heart say, I want to please you and I'm doing everything within the power that you've given me to do so? I just had a few uh-ohs over here. That God says, you know what? I love you even more for that because through it all, you chose to serve me. You could have gone home. You could have been depressed. When you asked me for money to pay those bills and I didn't send it just to see would you still praise me? You did it anyway. Well, guess what? I'm going to reward you with that. It doesn't matter if the bill is a day late, a month late or a year late. God has you. And that's something that I feel we need to really learn in this year. Something that God just has echoing out in my spirit. Last year, our yearly theme was that God is speaking. Are you listening? He's showing you something. Are you looking for it? And almost every lesson we had, every prayer meeting, every prayer was all centered around that theme. Well, the theme for this year is can we just trust God? Can we really trust him? We're in year three of a pandemic. (laughs) As advanced of a society, in quotes, as we are, with all the wonderful just expenditures that we have in, in modern medicine, the way the scientific community goes about dissecting things. Here we are, because people are people. And that will never change. But I will tell you one thing, what can change, you can change. How do you change, you may ask? Through God. Because by yourself, that's impossible. Let me tell you right now, before I took my my walk with God seriously, eh, (laughs) I could fool myself, but I couldn't fool the people around me. But when you get with God and you begin to, to experience life for real, you're not existing anymore, but you're actually living. When he starts to, to break those walls that you've placed around your heart so that you can actually empathize with another person. When you realize, despite how horrible humanity can be, that we are all still people and that once upon a time we were just as bad as how we like to paint out everyone else. And to a degree still are. Because sanctification is a lifelong process. So once we stop being so hard on self first and foremost, and then on one another, because the book of Romans clearly talks about that when you go to really start blaming another person for their own mistakes, well, (laughs) guess what? God is doing the exact same thing to you. The way you judge a person is how you will be judged. But I thank God. That the thing that we've been freely given, his love, his grace, his life, the story of who he is and what he can and will do for us if we would just bend the knee. Well, we can do the same for each other. The Bible tells us that as much as it is within us to be at peace with one another. Well, peace comes from God first and foremost. And I thank him so much that peace also as a product of trusting in him. We all have someone in our family and our lives that, you know, as much as we want to, it seems like we just can't get along that well. I'll be honest with you. But I've also come to see that when we just take a step back, when we look at this thorn, we'll say in our side, 
that everything God has placed in our lives that he has placed. I'm I'm making that very clear because we can get easily confused about the things we place in our lives and thinking God did it. No, baby, sometimes we just do a thing and God will just let it slide to show us something. But everything that he strategically places in your life is for the simple fact of growing your trust, of expanding your faith in him, of taking that seed of hope and growing it more and more and more. And and I'll send you off with this. That in my short 26 years of living, the past 10, I'll say, that have been actually devoted to my relationship with God and within my adult life, even more so after just having stepped out and started living life for myself. God, this is, (laughs) this is ghetto. Can you please help me? Well, he has, he is, he will continue to do so. And let me tell you right now, as someone who is currently in the middle of things, waiting on work to pick back up because in the off time, it's, it's, it's rough that my trust, my faith, my hope, it hasn't wavered. Actually, it it made me feel more at peace knowing that when I have no options, that that is just a lie from Satan, because my biggest and best and greatest and always available option, Jesus himself, my personal Lord and Savior, the same God who saved each and every one of us, the same God who wakes you up every morning, the same God who kept you in your right mind, who kept you with your faculties, meaning the ability to move your limbs accordingly. So the same God who, when I pray, listens and answers the same God for when I'm being hard headed, will gently nudge me on the shoulder to reacquire my attention because sometimes we're a little slow who is also the same God that is speaking back to you. So I hope you're listening for an answer to those prayers that you pray. It's the very same God who will literally never fail you. Things may not always come when you want them to, but they're always there exactly when you need them. Sometimes you need to be broke. I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes you you need to be broke. Sometimes you need to be sad. Sometimes you need to be uh, happy. You need to be some of everything because it's in these different ranges of this human spectrum we call emotion that God can really speak to us in that pivotal moment where we need it the most. When you're angry and you're about to go do something that could get you locked up for life, God will speak to you and quell the storm. He will be the peace. He will be the eye of the storm for you to help you understand that everything you thought you needed to go do wasn't it at all because the battle is the Lord's and the war is already won. I mean, we know the outcome. In the meantime, we're just fighting little battles in between to help us get to our expected end. Ah, See the scripture, how it works. (laughs) But. I, I again, I leave you with this, my dear brothers and sisters, your trust in God is the most important thing that you have. Why? Because your trust is the thing that spawns the hope. 
And remember, trust and faith are the same thing. They go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. I have faith that God will see me through my hard times, which means I trust that he has some method of getting me through it. And his method is him because he is the way, the truth, the life, the light of the world. He is my all in all, everything in between. I mean, I I can't give you a better answer than Jesus. That when you're struggling with vices, he can be the way out. First Corinthians, uh, what is it? 10, 12, that everything that we go through is being experienced by another believer somewhere, somehow, you know, we, none of us are experiencing something brand new on this planet. But God is so good that in the midst of temptation, whatever it may be, he will not only provide you a way out, but on the way out of there, he will give you the strength to keep holding on. That when you find yourself literally doing nothing and the first thing you want to do is do something wrong, all you have to do is say Jesus and watch that strength come up. Watch he just take over and hold you and keep you close to him. Just like he promised he would, that he, his name alone is a strong tower for you, that he will hide you in his wings, that he will win every battle for you with his strong arm. <laughs> One of my favorite scriptures. That's the kind of God we serve. So just remember that the Bible says that there is a time and a season for everything under the sun. So, yeah, there's a time to be broke. It's not fun. It doesn't feel good. But in that time of brokenness where, you know, how that tool money could solve some things for you and you would sleep a little better at night. Sometimes it's okay that you don't sleep good at night. I know this sounds weird, but just just hear God out for a moment. That when you can't sleep good at night, what do you do? You can do a lot of things, but I encourage you to pray. Because when you pray about a thing, not only are you seeking God's guidance for it, but you're strengthening your relationship to him. When you pray about the thing, God, I just I don't know what to do. That's okay, baby. I got you. Good enough for me. You don't always need the exact blueprint of what God is going to do to fix the thing or what he's going to do to to make it better, because he gave you the best blueprint already. When we messed up in Genesis, he told you what he'd do. He'd send the seed to bruise the head of our enemy. And he did it. And here we are with the promise fulfilled. Now we have unfettered access to God almighty that in your mouth. And the tongue is the power of life and death. And we know the test answers. Choose life. And when we choose life, whose name is Jesus? Well, now that he has subjugated everything back unto him because we made some uh-ohs and has now placed back all the authority and the dominion and the power, but not in our hands, but in his own hands. And so when you do the thing, when you say the thing, when you preach the thing, when you teach the thing, when you disciple the person, it's all done through him, through you. He does it, but you get the added benefit of being made available to him because that's the way he's doing things now. And that's that's wonderful. I love being used by God because, I mean, people get helped. You get helped in the process. And the best part, you get blessed by just. Having your name on the project, God does all the work and, you know, you kind of stand there next to him while he's presenting. And it's like, yeah, you know, God did that because he did. And so, again, just trust, please trust God. OK, I'm telling you from personal experience, 
in the past and currently to just trust God. I've seen my grandmother trust him in ways I didn't think were possible. And he began to make ways out of no way because that's the kind of God we serve. The more you put in, the more you'll get out. And the best part, and I will actually leave it here with this, is that if you want to test God, test him in giving. Go help some people. Go sow some seeds that you've prayed about into some fertile ground. And when things begin to blow up astronomically in a good way, well, you'll see that you can't beat God giving. And the best way you can give isn't necessarily through a monetary thing, but it's through your time, through your love, and through your prayers. Heavenly Father, we come before you just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so very much that through it all, we can just trust you, Father. Trust is one of those most fragile of human things because it's quickly as it can be built. It can be destroyed just as well. And sometimes trust is something that takes so long to build because we have all these barriers up, all these walls, all these corridors, because we're too afraid of being vulnerable. But God, as we discovered last year, it's that when we're vulnerable, it isn't a bad thing because we're not being set up to fail, but that when we're vulnerable with you, God, we're being set up to be made strong. For the Bible teaches us that when we are weak, we are strong. Well, what does that mean? It means that when we stop letting self think that self is important, but that it's all about you, God, well, then we can start to realize that we are nothing but hollow shells without something inside of it to give it value. And just like your word tells us, when we have you in our lives, Christ Jesus, we become earthen treasures that when we are opened up for the world to see that it is you that emanates from us god that just like we discussed we are the mirror that simply reflects your light god and when that light is reflected upon uh, among other mirrors that it can begin to refract and it makes this wonderful bright image it makes this wonderful show of display of just how amazing how wonderful how kind how just how fair you can be, God. And it's that simple thing right there that this world needs to see. Though we know, according to the book of John, that when you came, Lord, that there were those who rejected you because they weren't looking for you to begin with. Well, Father, the same prayer that you prayed on the cross is the same prayer that we trust and believe you with, that all those who were given to you, Father, all the ones whose heart you knew would choose you if they received the word. Not because we were so good to choose you, but because we were just broken enough to be able to accept the simple fact that we can't without you. Well, God, it's in that alone that we thank you so much, because like you said on Calvary, you didn't lose a single one. That was for then that was before then, and that was for now, that's for later, that's until the very last person who's to be born will be born. That's for the very last saint who will get saved to be saved. Because God, that's just how you work. You work in this thing we call all tense, and we thank you that we can trust you forevermore because your word does not miss, your word does not fail. Why? Because you are your word and you watch over 
the things that you say to make sure that they come to pass. And you take a special joy of when we remind you of your word, because when we remind you of your word, it shows you how much we actually trust and place our faith in you. And just like you said, in in Gilead, Lord, it's that when we have our faith in you, (laughs) then you can begin to be that mother hen who broods over her chicks, Lord. And we so desperately need you to do so. Just have your way in our lives, Father. Continue to place us in these peculiar situations that may not always feel good, that we may not always desire to be in, but place us in the ones that help temper our faith, that help temper our trust, and that help keeps the hope alive. Because God, you give us a special kind of joy, a joy that is abundant and overflows, one that this world cannot Give and it surely cannot take away that our hope in you, God, would be abound. And Father, we just begin to say thank you, that we love you, we adore you, and we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory, which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, We hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.